Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about money. I'm going to ask some questions here for you to think about, and we can get into this. You know, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's a, it's a subject that makes people real uncomfortable. You talk about money, uh, talk about, you go into a group of friends and say, man, you know, I've just been struggling with money, and you make them uncomfortable because they think you're going to ask them for money. You go into a group of friends and you talk about how much money you have and you make them even more uncomfortable. And I think that's the devil's plan is just to make people nervous of the subject of money. There is a warning in the Bible that the love of money is the root of all evil. And so we we know from scripture that there can be abuses and we've talked about that. But um, talk about money in the kingdom of God and and the right perspective. You know, God God is through the preaching of the word um, uh, helped me. To, to see money in a bit of a different light and see giving in a different light. You know, anytime a, a preacher stands up to give, there's, there's a percentage of the crowd that says, oh, preachers, they just want my money. Well, ultimately, yeah, and I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. I think it's good that preachers want your money because as long as they're preaching the gospel and winning souls, you should give them your money. I heard about a minister who stood up and said, you know, I don't mind asking you to empty your bank account for what we're doing because it's pe- it, people are going to heaven by it. I'm not embarrassed to ask you to do that. And I liked his boldness because the truth is someone who empties their bank account, as long as they're not putting themselves in a financial strait, like, hey, you're giving away your rent money. If God's not telling you to do it, don't do it. I think there's general caution of like, don't go into debt, right? To, to, to give. Um, but, uh, give to the to the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's good that comes back from it. You can't do anything better. You you not eating out four times a week because you gave an offering is better than people not going to heaven. And so there can if anyone should be able to have boldness about asking for money, asking people to give, it's gospel preachers because they're they're asking for someone to give something that to something that's important. If there was a if there was a uh someone that was going to die because they need the kidney. And the mom was like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to ask anybody, stranger or not, to give up one of their kidneys because it's going to save my son's life. Like she should be the boldest person because there's something on the line that matters. And so it's no different. But the devil wants to make us feel awkward about the subject of it. But, you know, it's an actual, it's actually a very important thing to talk about. Jesus spoke more about money than he did about heaven. He mentioned money and business more than hell. It was actually uh, money and business first, hell next, and then heaven third um, in those order. And so money is an important thing. If you're a young person growing up or if you're early 20s, you know, it's a it's a subject that matters. And we as Christians want to over-spiritualize and act like it doesn't. Like, oh, you know, I don't, we want to, oh, I don't love money. You don't have to love money. You're still going to need it. Like you need a place to stay. Um, I guess, I guess you actually probably don't need money. You could be favored and someone could pay for your house and, and, and buy your groceries. And so maybe you could make it through in some societies without income, right? You could make it through with people just paying your bills for you. But for the rest of us, for most people, money actually matters. It makes a difference. And that's why Jesus spoke about it so much, because he's concerned with the things that matter. But um, I want to start today. The Bible says in Proverbs ten twenty two, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. It's God's purpose to bless us. So we have to start there. God wants us to be blessed. Um, 
But, um, and, and God doesn't want us to worry. He says, be anxious for nothing. So God doesn't want money to be a source of worry or contention. Um, but, but giving specifically is something that the devil will try to hinder you from doing because he doesn't want you, the devil doesn't want you to come into covenant with God in your giving. You know, I joined the River at Tempe Church when I was 13 and the, the teaching from the Bible on giving, on on stewardship, on seed time and harvest time, on tithes and offerings. You know, I remember being 13 and I wasn't really making money then, but I would get money from time to time and would bring and give my offering. I remember when I started, I got a job, part-time job. Well, it wasn't even a part-time job. I was working with my mom at her office, her real estate office for one of her coworkers once every three weeks. And I would make between 60 and 100 bucks per time that I worked with them. So working once every three weeks. And as a 15 year old, that's awesome, man. To come home with 80 bucks as a 15 year old is like amazing. And this was 15 years ago. So $80 went further than it does today, but coming home. And then I remember there being a pledge. There was a time when they called for pledges for the building fund. And I pledged a thousand dollars into the building fund for the building fund here and would come home and I'd bring my 80 bucks and I would give the whole thing in the building fund. And I remember my mom, she never said anything at the time, but looking back, she was like, part of her was thankful that I was being generous. But the other part of her was like, this is my son who's working hard. I would go and I would work eight or 10 hours a day um, and work for this, uh, sorry about that, work eight or 10 hours a day, work for this um, uh, real estate guy and sit there and type in the computer all day. And then I would go and give my money. But that's when I decided to start being generous towards God. And, you know, I didn't fully know what I was doing. It's in my later, it's in these years in my 20s of the times of study and in my 30s, really studying that I look back and I'm so grateful that the Lord led me to be generous where I decided young. I remember saying, to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to be a giver and I'm going to be generous my whole life. You said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I love giving. I love being able to buy things. I remember one year when I worked for the summer, I, I set an incentive to buy um some of the pastor's nice shoes. So I set an incentive to buy, uh, if I had certain things to get them, uh, Allen Edmonds shoes, which is a nice dress shoe company. And so I think there were five of them or six of six of them that I bought $300 gift cards for. So I remember going to Allen Edmonds and I come in, we're wearing jeans. I'm kind of a young guy. I don't think they think too much. They're always good with customer service. And the guy's like, can I help you? I'm like, I need, I need, gift cards, $1,800 worth, and then bringing them. But it was things where I just decided, man, it's, it's awesome to give. But what was actually taking place is I was entering into covenant with God in my finances. You know, God wants us to stand on solid ground. God wants us to have sure footing in his kingdom. You know, when you serve God, you actually guarantee your life. It's the only way to guarantee your life. And that's why it's called a sure foundation. If your house is built on the sand, it can collapse. If it's built on the rock of Jesus Christ, it will stand firm. And that goes for salvation, but it goes for every area that God actually has a money plan for your life to guarantee you a comfortable life, a life of blessing and being rich. Do you want to know how you come out of lack? The Bible says those who give to the poor will never lack anything. So first of all, you have to have faith. You have to believe that, right? And then you have to start giving. That's one way. I give to the poor every month. I give to a a ministry on a monthly basis that feeds the poor because that guarantees me to stay out of the negative. It's a stay out of lack. I'm always going to be in a place of not lacking because of that. And then that doesn't say blessing. But the Bible says, give in Malachi 3. It says, if you give, prove me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. So the blessing comes from the tithe 
and from the offering. The devourer being rebuked. I've put myself at a place where I'll never lack. The devourer will be rebuked. The, the car that breaks down all the time, the, the things that are happening. Tithing protects my money and my, my situation from that. It makes that my roof is going to last longer than anybody else's. It makes my appliances last longer than anybody else's. My shoes last longer than anybody else's because I've brought my finances into covenant with God. Um, and so it's, it's one of the things that's up to us. You know, I've, I've witnessed to people who I preach the gospel to them and they grew up Catholic and they're just like, you know, I just don't know. You know, I just cross my fingers and hope that, you know, God, uh, I believe in God, but I hope that he'll think, you know, I'm, and I'm like, you can have the surety of your salvation that you know, that you know, that you know, most people listening to this know that they know that they know that if they, if today was their last day, they would go to heaven. If you don't, you may need to repent. You may need to talk to the Lord for yourself. Father, I ask you to forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. And then start to, to put scriptures on salvation into your heart. Out of the mouth, confession. Out of the heart, man believes. Out of the mouth, confession is made unto righteousness. The Bible says that if a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth, he'll be saved. Have I met the requirements for salvation? You build your faith on those scriptures. But most people here say, yes, I'm a Christian. I love God. I would go to heaven if today was my last day. God wants you to have that same confidence when it comes to money. He wants you to have a sorrow-free financial life. That's his plan for you. Now, there is the work side of it. There's the get up. He's going to give you something to do, and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're uh, going to immediately strike a million-dollar idea where you make a million dollars in two months. You may spend a lot of time studying and learning and practicing. When I was in sales, man, I worked hard. I worked very hard. I worked late. I got yelled at because I knocked on doors late and I studied, but I was able to, first of all, gain a skill. And then the Lord was able to bless me. And so it's, it's, it isn't just, Hey, I put stuff in the offering and then I'm going to be rich because I put stuff in the offering. It's along, it's being generous to the kingdom of heaven And then it's also doing the required things of working. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. So you can't just give all your money to the poor and then not work and be like, well, I promise to never lack. The Bible also says, if you don't work, you don't eat. So there's things that go together. But people out of ignorance or out of nervousness that they won't have enough, don't enter into covenant. They've brought their heart into the kingdom of God. They're Christians. They're going to heaven, but they never give. They never become generous to God. And so they don't bring their money under the covenant that God has for them. God has a plan for you to be sorrow-free about your financial future. And that plan starts, you want to know what the minimum buy-in is for your financial future being sorrow-free? It's 10%. It starts with your tithe. You know, you want to know what the buy-in is for this one? It's 10%. It starts with your tithe. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7 talks about the tithe being received in heaven by Jesus. So tithing is most definitely a new covenant principle. It came before the law came. Tithing was instituted before the law. It's not of the law. Um, Tithing reveals your heart. Uh, I'm going to read two scriptures here to see what happens when you give. And this is why we talked about on, on a previous podcast about aiming for eternity, right? Aiming to please God. Matthew 6, 19 and 20. So this is what happens. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. The first thing that happens is when you give on this earth, you're actually giving to have treasure in heaven. So let me ask you this. Is treasure in heaven important to you? If I, if, I, if I said to you, hey, for the next two years, you're going to live in this home over here on this side of town. 
and it's going to be the home's going to be fine but you you have money available to you you can invest into this house you can invest into this 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 two year home and you can make it nice but after this two year home i'm going to give you a mansion that you'll live in for the next 30 years and instead of doing that you could invest in that one and you could have things waiting for you there where would you rather have upgrades or treasures in the 30-year home that's nicer or would you rather have it in the in the more temporary home and that's what happens when people give there's there's they're maybe making a sacrifice even if there was no return on this earth they see it as I'm making a sacrifice but they're storing up treasure in heaven it does double duty it's like when you give on earth there's a reward coming to you on this earth but it's also cut there's a reward in heaven every dollar that you've given God has seen and if you gave with the right heart God saw that and said man they care about my kingdom that's why giving to the SPCA doesn't count you don't get treasure in heaven by giving to the SPCA. I'm sorry to say you get treasure in heaven by giving to the gospel being preached. It's not giving to, even for me, if I only gave to the poor and not to the gospel being preached, it wouldn't work because it's based around Matthew 6:33, seeking first the kingdom of God. It's great that the, poor, that the poor are fed and it's needful, but it's not as important as them going to heaven. If I had to choose, this may sound cruel, but if I had to choose between someone dying of starvation today and going to heaven or being full and happy and going to hell in 30 years, I would rather them die today and go to heaven. Why? Because heaven's a lot longer. I want you in heaven for all eternity, not in hell. And if, and if, if they could have the decision too, after spending one day in both heaven and one day in hell, they would choose, let me just go ahead and tap out of this life here on earth and be in heaven for the rest of eternity. And so, and so looking at eternal things first. But so that's the first one. You, you get a, a storehouse in heaven. And then the next scripture, Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Giving has promise in this life and in the next. So let me ask you this. Is money important? Yes, it is. Does God have a money plan for you? Yes, he does. It starts with your tithe, and then it starts with being generous. Man, and let it come from a place. Ask the Lord, put a heart of generosity in me. Lord, I want to be, I want to love to give. You know, love gives. It's a sign of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. When you love someone or something, you give. My wife, I just want to bless her. Her birthday's coming up. I just want her to be blessed. I want her to be, I want her to be excited about what she's getting. I'm not like, oh man, I gotta buy my wife another gift. Like love wants to give. I want to pour man, I wish I had, I wish I was buying my wife a, a Celine purse this year, five thousand dollar purse. It's not happening this year, but maybe one day. One day I'll have that Celine purse. I don't even like if she likes Celine purses. Maybe she does. She likes Louis Vuitton for sure. But love gives. And so you have a treasure in heaven, but then there's a return on this earth. But it starts by saying, Lord, I want to come into covenant with you. And you do that by your faith and by your giving. There's a reward on this earth. There's going to be reward to come, but know that God's got a place for you, a plan for you. Man, look at my brother and I, like we were homeschooled from Africa, raised by a single parent, homeschooled, went to school, Bible, the River Bible Institute, and ended up in business, making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, in business. And the Lord does that because it's the foolish things of the world used to confine the wise. But it's because we both started at young age saying, your kingdom matters, and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and be generous. You don't miss out when you give. You may look and say, hey, if I give this in the offering, I can't go buy those shoes tomorrow. And that may be the case. But in the long run, you being generous, you're going to see a, you're going to see a return here on this earth. 
And when the time comes and you step foot in heaven, you're going to see a return. And I'm going to go as, and be as bold to say that people who are generous usually don't backslide as easy. The Bible says, for where your treasure, Matthew 6, after he says, um, do not lay up for yourselves treasure in, on, in, on earth. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's almost like you're seeding heaven with your money. When you, when you start pouring out your heart to God and you're giving, it costs you something. You're not going to just give it up for whatever. You're not selling your birthright. To, you're not selling your, your birthright over a, a plate of a bowl of lentils. You're, you're, man, I'm invested. Your heart follows where you put your money. So be generous. Give. Give to the, if you don't know where to give, give to Revival Ministries International. They go after souls hard. You give your tithe to the local church, and then you give offerings to a place that wins souls. That's how you guarantee you get the most out of your seed. Revival Ministries International is great seed. We love you. Bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.